All right, so, um, can you tell me something I really didn't need to know? Hey, Mom, tell me something I didn't need to know. So how about let's learn something we really don't need to know. Okay, we are recording now. Hello, everyone. Hi, Anna. Hello. How are you ladies today? Fantastic. Wonderful. Great. Welcome to all of our listeners. This is Tell Me Something I Didn't Need to Know. Where that's exactly what we do. We're going to tell you stuff you didn't need to know. Your brain will be fuller when we are done. Fuller? Fuller. Fullerist? (laughs) All right. Anything new in your lives, ladies? Not really. Not really. Lynn? What? Anything you want to share? think I'll be recording in Michigan very soon. Woo! Yes. Not because she's coming to visit either. No, we're very excited. Yes, so we we put a bid on many houses and uh, didn't get them and didn't get them and then then we finally got one. So yeah, it's it's in the end stages. So within a couple weeks, we should be able to close on it and then... uh, we should be able to head to Michigan. We're so, super excited. Cool. I, I will be recording at uh, your house with you instead of through Zoom. It'll be fun and fabulous. Hell yes. It will. That's awesome. And then you can't torture me with the cool alcohols you're drinking there anymore. I'll be able Means to we have to buy more because we're going to have to share. Yes. She can buy more. And Lena, she just bought a house. So? <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, wow. but it's a fixer-upper house. So wow, I, I love that. Spending a lot of money uh, fixing it up. So I love it. Maybe, maybe we'll fix it up while we record. <laughs> we will do videos. We'll put it on. We'll start a YouTube channel, and we'll put our videos right up there for all of our listeners to watch. Uh, craziness. Yeah, yeah, okay. The crazy thing is the address of it. When you put it in Google or even on the map they show when we bought it, it's mm-hmm. not the actual house. So we're a little nervous because there will be a lot of stuff we have to order. And when we order stuff, you know, and they ship it, it goes to the address and they probably use the same apps. So I'm very worried that there's a house that's going to be getting our stuff. So I think I've decided that I'm going to go introduce myself to them immediately (laughs) upon moving in and be like, can you put up a sign that says this is not blank because you're going to get packages pretty much every week and uh, <laughs> you know instead of calling me or driving it down or whatever that's funny you, know. you can just have it all shipped here yeah you can ship it to my house i can but what happens if we order like a couch you don't we don't want to have to haul i it. don't have a couch yeah but if i order it i want it for my house not yours oh her husband owns a truck okay okay are you ladies ready for words of the week no no because we brought up oh alcohol. Oh. So we should tell our listeners what we're drinking today. Okay. Lynn, what are you drinking? We should also introduce ourselves. Oh. Oh, okay. We suck at that, don't we? <laughs> I don't have an outline, so I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I take I think every week we're so excited that we forget these basics. So I'm Lynn Samuels and I am drinking coffee. <laughs> I'm Hannah Green. And I'm Mary Swartz. <laughs> and we are drinking a wonderful bottle 
of sweet red wine from St. Julian's, which is a local winery. Um, if you've listened before, you've probably heard us talk about them. This is called Mindset. And the description on the bottle seems very appropriate for this podcast. It says, your emotions, your perceptions, your reactions. It's all about your mindset. Love it. I love it. Okay, let's give it a shot. All right. It smells nice. It is nice. It's not as sweet as I thought it was going to be. It's really interesting because even though... It's not grapey. It smells very grapey. It doesn't taste very Mm -hmm. grapey. No. It says it is a medium sweet red. And while it is sweet, in the background, it's dry. Yeah. But it's not that dry that's that's ucky. No, it's a very interesting combination there. I like it. Yeah. It is very nice. Very, very nice. So if you go to St. Julian's, tell them that Mary and Hannah sent you. That's right. They'll just look at you and go, okay. The women with the tiaras, they'll know. All right. Okay. Word of the week, Word ladies. Word of the week. Word of the week. Who wants to go first? I will I will bring us a word of the week. Okay. All right. Um <clears throat> horopolation. Horopolation? Horopolation. Ooh. Um it doesn't even sound pleasant. We have all experienced it. Childbirth, that's definitely not pleasant. Um no, no. It's not childbirth. You want to use well, it in a sentence? Give me a minute to think about how to use this in a sentence. Well, I'm thinking it's got two parts. Palation, like the gathering of something, like a compilation or something. Okay. And then whore, like... Uh, oh, I know exactly where you're going. Because <laughs> <laughs> I have two. I have two ways to go. One is horror, like movies, like a compilation of horror movies. The other is... It's horror. a convention. It's a convention it's a, of, of working ladies. That there is that too, but she said, now she said we've done that. And I don't know about you, Mary, but I gotta take that one off the table for <laughs> I have not done a. You've not been to the convention for it? I, I have not been to a convention of working girls. So, <laughs> also, horror is like the beginning of horizontal. So, I'm wondering if it has to do with being flat, like. Which uh, is a so convention of working about. girls. <laughs> See, I was going with the scary movies. It's when you have a compilation of CDs of scary movies and they're all laying flat on the counter. Okay, let's let's break that apart. Who has a CD of a horror movie? Well, funny enough, <laughs> my friend uh, just went to the library to get a book on on tape or whatever book on you know to listen to an audio book. Okay. And they actually gave her the set, and she took it home and opened it, and she was like, "This is weird." It was CDs, and it's oh. a new book. It just oh. came out, and she's like, "It was seven CDs," and I was like, "I don't have a CD player." <laughs> okay, but Lynn. Yeah. You cannot put a movie on a CD. Oh, I see what That's kind of what I was trying to say. What do you call them when they're... Sound, a DVD? Sound, soundtracks. DVD, sorry. I'm a DVD. DVDs DVD. or soundtracks, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Well, I will tell you that you are 
incorrect on all fronts. Okay. Wow. Here I was thinking oh the convention God, was a good idea. However, however, the scary movie did cause me to experience experience horripilation. Oh. So it's the feeling. It's a feeling that you get when you are scared. Like goosebumps. It's goosebumps. Close. Ooh, wow. Good job, Lynn. It is when your hair stands up on your skin. Ooh, that would be, yeah, that would be very close, yeah. Yep. Yes. Good word. Horripilation. Wow. Lynn, what do you have for us today? Ooh, I have Aegist. Aegist? Aegist. Can you spell that for us, please? Uh, it is E-G-E-S-T. Aegist. Can you use that in a sentence? When he saw the egested fruit, he thought, boy, that would make a great drink. I'm going to have to pull the audience or phone a friend at this point in time. Well, what kind of fruit would make a good drink? Ripened fruit. Mary? Fresh fruit. Mm-hmm. Delicious fruit. Tropical fruit. Mm-hmm. Fruit that I don't have to cut up. Pulverized. All right. Fruit that isn't laying on the ground covered with ants. You're getting colder. <laughs> You've never been warm, but now you're like... <laughs> now you're in Alaska. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah. You, you, you've never even been in the same country. Wow. Egest, huh? Egest did fruit, and it's not ripened, and it's... Well, eat. Just. Think digested. Egest. So, the uneaten fruit... That does make good. Ooh, that edible, does the edible fruit. <laughs> they both do make good drinks. Cause you know those wax candle fruits, they don't make good drinks. <laughs> I wouldn't know that. No, but our brother had a bowl full of them, <clears throat> and he apparently one night a drunk friend tried to take a bite out of one of them. Wow. Wow. All right, are you ready? Yeah. For yes. The yep. Mary. Yes. Do you want to drink during this, or do you want to uh, not have anything in your mouth? Okay. Aegist. Okay. To excrete waste material from your body, the opposite of ingest. The excreted fruit would make a good drink? That what? is what you said. Yeah, I did. I did. Why? All right, it was a shitty sentence. <laughs> <laughs> She's at a whole different level than we are. I'm not accepting any drinks from her. Nope. Okay, we're moving on. She can contribute to the bill, but she isn't buying them. We don't let her pick it out. Right. Blatherskite. Pardon me? Blatherskite. When somebody's just talking a bunch of shit, like they're just going on and on and saying stuff that doesn't make sense. It's like a person who thinks that they know everything. Yes. And, you know, maybe they're in control and they won't <clears throat> shut up and you're like, stop. Like, you know, a boss or something that just keeps going. All right, that's our guess. Okay, so my question, Lynn, is why did you change your answer and go with Hannah? That's, no, I was saying that. It's a person who keeps going. They just talk and talk and talk and never really say anything. That's exactly right. There you go. She's so fucking smart. We have to stop Tyler. hanging around her. She's making us look bad. <laughs> Either that or she'll start rubbing off on us. <clears throat> Although with it hasn't her, happened yet. Although with her e-jest, I hope she doesn't. <laughs> nice. You'll be sorry. You'll nice. Be sorry. I'm just going to tell you now, you're going to be sorry. Okay. 
All right, huh, you have a story for us today, Lynn? I do. Yay. And you know, it's, again, it's a shitty story. Oh, I'm Lord. sorry, it's a really shitty story. Does that mean you're gonna tell it badly? Oh. Do you, want a, do you want any tidbits? Oh, would you like to give us a tidbit? I've got a tidbit. Okay, sorry. All right. Sorry, I'm, I'm like skipping over everything. It's okay. Authorities have reported that two people have died. I'm sad. In northwest Tennessee. Oh, that's terrible. After they were attacked by a loose camel. <laughs> Wait, why is there a camel in Tennessee? <clears throat> Well, it was at a farm, and uh, this animal, this camel, attacked uh, two men, Bobby Matheny and Tommy Gunn. Couldn't make that up if I wanted to, I swear to God. Matheny and Gunn. Tom, like... Tommy Gunn. Yeah, but who is the first guy? Bobby Matheny? Yes, but... Matheny and Gunn, it's a new TV series. Here's the thing, can you just imagine, here's the thing. Is it ends in tragedy. <laughs> the parents sitting there, pregnant, picking out names and their last names. Oh, we should name it Anthony. We can call him Tommy for sure. Tommy Gun. <laughs> yeah, I, I've got a visual of the parents. <laughs> so leave it to Lynn. So police get called. Leave it to Lynn to make fun of a dead guy. <laughs> I went there and it went right over your head. His parents. I'm, I'm talking about his name's Tommy Gunn, and she's like, yeah, what was the other guy's name again? Like, it's right over your head, Mary. It did. It did. <clears throat> so the police arrived at the farm to find two unconscious men on the ground and the camel still on the loose. The animal, the camel, then attacked one of the sheriff's vehicles as the deputies were attempting to remove the victim's to the ambulance because the victims belong to the camel i mean once you kill it it's yours right well then i guess that i i thought so well i if guess you kill it it belongs to you i i guess i guess if we're going with if you kill it it belongs to you the camel now belongs to the sheriff's department <gasps> that's mean the officers had to put the camel down for the safety of everyone on the scene. No, they didn't. They should have just left. That's mean. Um, unfortunately, both the men did succumb to their injuries, and they died at the scene before they were removed by the ambulance. Camels are not people. I don't know if they realize how mean camels can be. I, I interestingly enough, met a person who was attacked by a camel. Yeah, we were we were in southeast Arizona in this tiny little town, and there was a guy in his waiting house, and he had some horrific scarring on his arms and stuff. And I don't remember how we had the conversation, but he he, he brought it up, and he's told us he's like, uh, my friend had a camel, and was like, hey, come over and meet my camel, and I did, and the camel attacked him, and oh my gosh, I can't even imagine how bad it was for the scars he. He had on his arm so well you wanted to know why there was a camel at this farm yeah that farm is also home to a pumpkin barn a playground and a petting zoo camel rides camel rides wow <clears throat> apparently the camel didn't want to be ridden anymore so there you go wow so is that what you do when you don't want to be ridden anymore you just kill him you just kill him <laughs> 
and then they belong to you. <laughs> Johanna's holding her head. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna write that down and put it on a shirt. Okay, that'll be our first merchandise. Just kill them, and then on the back it'll say, and they will belong to you. I like it, that's our first merchandise. We could have coffee mugs with it. Yeah, that would be awesome. I think we should have wine glasses that say, just kill it, and then it belongs to you. Okay. Hey, I don't have a problem with any of these ideas. All right, <clears throat> we're ready for a story, Lynn. Lynn, tell us a story. All right, yeah. So, speaking of coffee mugs. Yeah. The title of my story is, This Coffee Tastes Like Crap. Uh-oh. I drink coffee. I enjoy a good cup of coffee. I might even go so far as to say, I like it a latte. <laughs> Dear God. I researched the history of coffee and ordered coffee from different places looking for a truly delightful cup. I really have. Uh, when I run to the store and pick up a bag of Starbucks breakfast blend, which is my usual go-to, it costs me about $8.50 for a 12-ounce bag, which works out to a little less than $0.71 cents per ounce or $0.26 cents for a cup of coffee. So Starbucks coffee, don't go there, and you make it at home, is about twenty, about a quarter for a cup of coffee. You do realize she was a teacher, right? Yeah. So, which is funny, because when you think about it, if you go to Starbucks and you order coffee, they're getting it cheaper than what you're buying it at the store. Yes. It costs me $0.26. It costs them less than a quarter, and you're paying five, $4. six bucks. Yeah. Well, but you okay. have to pay for the building, the utilities, the insurance, the equipment, okay. their employees. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. I'm just saying that anybody wants to save money, just go buy your own darn Starbucks. So, but let's say you want to go fancy. They have the Kona coffee from Hawaii, true Kona coffee. You can pick up an eight ounce bag. For about thirty dollars, which is a dollar thirty-five for a cup of coffee. I wasn't really impressed with it when I tried it. Honestly, I didn't no. feel like I didn't feel like it was different from other things that I had drank enough to pay the extra money. Yeah, well, and that's the whole thing. A lot of this is subjective, and I think sometimes people get stuck on, you know, the name, the name, whatever. But, you know, people like wines. There's different tastes, and some people prefer a different style and stuff. I think the best I ever had was something called Lion's Coffee in California. We were at a restaurant, and they were like, we serve Lion's Coffee. And I was like, okay, I've never even heard of it. They, You know, you order it. They brought it out in a little pot, and you only got that. There was not free refills, and it was slightly more expensive. And I was like, the flavor of this is actually probably the best really maybe it was the day maybe i was just really needing coffee but i really thought the flavor was was good on that okay um so but there's actually tons of brands and types of coffee out there in fact according to a place called enjoy java there's four species of beans and 79 different types of coffee offered around the world so we are going to discuss a few unique coffees that you can get around the world and a lot of people claim that these coffees are good to the last drop Good job. First on our list is Kopi Luwak, or civic coffee. Indonesian word for coffee, so Kopi. Right. And Luwak is what the Asian palm civet is called in Sumatra. Sumatra being the first place to produce the coffee. Civets, for those of you that don't know, is a wild cat-like animal related to a weasel or mongoose native to Southeast Asia and Sub-Saharan Africa. 
They are, if you see a picture of them, super cute. Light gray fur with black, white, tan markings, long tails, an inquisitive face. If you have ever seen a ferret, very similar, they have a cute little ferret face. They are shy, solitary, territorial, and nocturnal. And they also live 15 to 20 years in the wild. Wow. Yep. Civets are omnivores. They eat insects, small mammals, flower sap, and fruit, including coffee cherries. Which is why my story on coffee begins with civets, in case you were like, what, coffee, civets? All right. So coffee cherry is the fruit on the coffee plant. And the seed or stone in the middle of that cherry or fruit is the coffee bean that is eventually roasted and ground to make coffee. So a civet can digest the fruit, but not the stone. Right. They eat the berries. They swallow the whole thing. The bean stays in their digestive tract for about 24 hours where it ferments, and then they poop it out. The poop, they remove the beans from the poop. They wash them, thank you enough. They yes, thank them, you. And then they sell them. In the wild, it's really hard to find the poop because, you know, the civets could be anywhere. They poop anywhere. It's not like they just, you know, poop in one spot. Are they and free the range? Uh, we'll talk about that. Okay. The age and quality vary greatly. Due to limited amounts, the cost is exorbitantly high for this coffee. I imagine. Now, in 1981, Tony Wilde, who is a coffee consultant and author of Coffee, A Dark History, and he was the coffee director of Taylors of Harrogate. He read about... I love them. Coffee. I've never heard of it. Do you really know them? Are yes, you yes, we do. We, yes. Drink their, we drink their tea. It's fantastic. Their tea is amazing. Totally, absolutely amazing. And Seriously. I guess it's kind of a big deal. So he was the director when he when he uh, read about Civet Coffee in 1981. Okay. Well, and by 1991, he decided to import. He got his hands on, I think, just a pound of it or a kilo because he's in the UK. And he thought it would be interesting to share it and talk about it. And um, he had no idea how much it would catch on, though, especially being as expensive it is. So once the people over there in the other countries, uh, and especially Sumatra, began to realize how much money you could make, they thought to themselves, huh, instead of going out and hunting for civet poop, how about if we start farms and we keep the civets on a farm? Okay. Well, there's no quality control or oversight, so anyone can actually claim to be selling civet coffee. Oh. No one checks it and says, is this really civet? There's no way to, to, to prove that this right. coffee bean was pooped out of a civet. You know, right. I mean, they're not testing all of it. Um, so, but these farms, concerns about the treatment of the civets have left to questions about how ethical the coffee is now. Civets are kept together in small cages and just fed coffee cherries. Remember, they're solitary yeah. and territorial. Yeah, oh, wow. and they eat a lot of other things, bugs and, and other things, and not yeah. just the coffee cherries. Yeah, but these people don't care because no. they just want your Because they're assholes. Yeah, a wild civet usually has an area of about 17 square kilometers that it roams. The cages are only big enough to fit bunch of animals in it there's no roaming space they're kept confined together and it's very stressful they fight with each other being territorial yeah. and they even will begin to hurt themselves also as mary pointed out the diet it's not giving them the proper nutritious 
and they have an extremely short and yeah. unhealthy span. But all they need to do is poop for these people, so no one cares how healthy or unhealthy they are at these farms. This is very so, sad. Tony, Tony actually wrote an article about his role in introducing the Civic Coffee to the world and expressed regret for causing the harm to the Civic. But for those of you who are not bothered by the torture of small animals and want to try the Kofi Luwak Crappuccino, you can find tons of supposed Civic Coffee all over the internet. But remember, again, there's no oversight, so it could just be repackaged Starbucks. Or Maxwell House. And I found tons of it. One bag costs $26 for 10 grams of coffee, which comes out to $2.67 per cup. Not bad. The company selling it claims it's collected from free and wild civets in North Sumatra with the proceeds going to the education and vocational training for the people of Lington, Nahidu, North Sumatra. It has 704 reviews with an average of four and a half stars. Hmm, doesn't sound bad, but since Folgers has five stars, can't trust these people to know what good coffee is. So the most expensive I found in my search was $659 for one kilogram of coffee. Holy shit. out to $6.72 for a cup of coffee. The company claims zero contact with the civets to ensure they are able to live in peace and quiet. I want to know. My question is, being the farmers or the civets, who's living in peace and quiet? The only also... The only other thing I know of that's sold in kilo- kilos it's is cocaine. Coke. So what's well, more expensive, the coffee or the Coke? Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I have never priced a kilo of Coke. Me either. I have no idea. So, oh. uh, okay. They ensure they're living in peace and quiet. Now, that does not say that they are not living in cramped little cages. Zero contact just means we're not actually touching them, I guess. So, eh. A portion of all the proceeds from their sales go to maintaining the safety and health of the civets in their habitat, as well as relocating civets away from harmful farming areas and practices around the region. Relocating what? Into their cages? They don't, it doesn't really tell you anything, honestly. No. I have no idea it what they mean. It sounds good. It sounds like bullshit. Or civet shit. To convince you no civets are harmed in the making of their coffee. So... They go on to say that they're nestled in the heart of the Philippines' lush Luwak habitat. Our community co-op is home to over 2,000 wild civets. So, with a range of 17 square kilometers for each civet, how does this co-op make sense? They would need 34,000 square miles. That's not a co-op if they are all free range. So, yeah, I'm calling liars, so... Interestingly enough on this coffee, expert tasters rank the flavor very low. It seems the prestige from coming from comes from drinking something weird, gross, and expensive rather than a good cup of coffee. Yeah. So yeah, that one I was like, yeah. All right. Brew number two is Jacu Bird Coffee. This coffee comes from one farm in Brazil. The Jacu is an endangered bird. It looks like a cross between a turkey and a pheasant. Dark in color, pheasant shaped with a small red wattle below its bill. The coffee comes from the Camasin Estates, a 50 hectare uh, coffee plantation in Pedra Azul Esperito Santa. It's a small but elite farm known for being completely organic and 100% pesticide free, which 
is not just good for the coffee and the people drinking it, but the workers also don't have to deal with the pesticide. And the animals, so it's good for the animals too. Yes, yes. So it's a very, it sounded like from the get-go even before this, that this farm really cares. And good. they are really doing good things. So, and it's a small, tiny little farm. So um, the coffee production started in early 2000s, not all of their coffee, but this specific coffee. Henrique Sloper de Arujo had a serious issue. The endangered Jacku bird, which was not previously known to be a problem for coffee growers, had developed a love for the taste of his coffee cherries. Uh-oh. At first, he tried to just drive the birds away, but it didn't work. And since they're endangered, he couldn't harm them and no one would help him. He remained frustrated for some time, losing coffee cherry after coffee cherry to uh, the birds until he realized what he could do. He could collect the poop just like they did for the wild civets in Sumatra. He said at first he had to work extremely hard to persuade the workers. They were like, yeah, no thanks. We're, we'll pick coffee cherries, but we're not gonna pick bird poop up for you. <laughs> so he decided to incentivize them by paying a very large bonus for the poop. So, you know, if you pick the cherries, here's your cost. If you pick the boop, poop, you get more money. So the workers got on board and began to collect bird poop. They then hand washed and the huts the beads, the beans. Now the digestive system is much quicker in the jacku birds, so the beans are not in their stomach as long as the civets. Uh, but the coffee is described as being full-bodied with a unique nutty flavor, having hints of sweet aniseed, cinnamon, brown bread. I don't know. I've never had coffee with brown bread flavoring molasses, or even milk chocolate, and a smooth, clean aftertaste. That would actually sound, it sounds like it'd be an awesome coffee to try. It does, and here's the thing, in 2017, he was awarded the Cup of Excellence for getting the highest score of the year on his coffee. Wow. So, yeah, while I wouldn't try the first one, this one, this one might be worth it, but here's the thing, the birds are extremely picky about the berries they eat. He he talked about how watching them eat it, they only eat the best and most ripe berries. So that could partially explain the quality of the coffee yeah. because if a grower went through and just picked the very best cherries out of their crop and set them aside for coffee, it would probably be better than the mass picking they usually do where they pick all the berries and then just pick the bad ones out. So you get the okay right. ones, you get the good ones, you get the great ones and they're all mixed together. So. Um, sea Island Coffee in London was the only online place I found this for sale. They sell it for 35 pounds for 50 grams, which means one cup is about nine dollars. Wow. So again, yeah, I think this beautiful coffee might actually be worth the money. Yeah. I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to get past the idea that it pooped out. They fished it out of shit. Yeah. They but washed it. If you think about a lot of crops, what do they fertilize crops with? That's true. I, I know. That's true. I Good know. point. So a lot of food is picked out of shit and then cleaned. So, mm -hmm. all right. Next up, I give you Kowati coffee. Now, this is similar to civet coffee, except it's from Kowatis, which are also known as Misha Show or Uchinaris. That's the name in the countries for them. So this coffee is also called, if you're looking for it, Misha Show, Misha, or Uchinari's coffee. And it's from Peru, so sometimes it's called Peru poop coffee. <laughs> the first Kawadi poop coffee was in the 
18th century when the area was actually a Dutch colony. The locals were not allowed to drink coffee at the time. It was only the Dutch. It was their stuff and they were drinking it and the locals were told, no, this is ours. You can't have any. So the locals had noticed the Pilates would uh, eat the beans and then poop it out and the Dutch weren't picking it up. So they harvested the Pilates poop and roasted the coffee beans for themselves and that's how they got their own coffee. So unlike the others though, they don't wash the beans before roasting them because they feel roasting <clears throat> removes all the harmful bacteria and they talk about that a lot. Wow. But by not washing it, they think that the flavors from the digestion stay on the beans. Now, that one, I was a little grossed out. I was like, yeah, I get that you're roasting it, but if you take poop and you cook it, I'm still not willing to eat it. So I <laughs> I'm like, yeah, no, no, this one's not one, no. This so, has such uh, an intense chocolatey flavor <laughs> and color. Yeah. All right, so Misha Life in the Andes Mountains says it uses rescued Pilates, which are humanely treated, rehabbed, and then actually returned to the wild. Wow. The for their coffee is $75 for four and a half ounces, making it a cup of it $5.94. Cappy's Coffee says it's strongly committed to caring for the quaddies, and they're not caged at all. They claim the quaddies actually can be trained to poop in a specific spot, so it makes collecting the beans easy for them. They didn't have a website, and I couldn't find the cost on anything other than this one that does walking tours, including their, their uh, farm, and it said a bag of the beans is $10, and it didn't tell you the size of the bag, so... Uh, Selva Sur sells Cafe Kawadi, which is harvested in the Mapati region of Peru, and they call their coffee one of the finest in the world. I noticed a lot of these guys do. All their coffees are the finest in the world. Uh, it says it has a distinctive caramelized flavor with hints of chocolate dried fruit and a low acidic taste. And I said, hmm, that's not chocolate you're tasting. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they sell two ounces for $80, which makes a cup of it eight, $10.80. Holy shit. And uh, let's see. That's my Kawadi coffee. Two so, ounces for $80? Uh, it's insane. Two ounces for $80. Yeah, it's a $10 cup of coffee is how it works out. And you thought Starbucks was expensive. Well, there's also another one called the Chanchamayo Highland Coffee Company. And they have 106 Kawadis that uh, they have, they raised when they were babies. So they're like a release place. They release them into the wild. Uh, so and they go they out and they eat the coffee beans. And as thank you for their wonderful rehabilitation care, they come back and they poop only on the rehabilitation land. Well, they return to the farm, it says, three times a day to eat the coffee cherries. So they live in the area, so they kind of know the area. So I don't know. So what it is is we get you addicted to the coffee beans. We set you free knowing you're addicted, and you will come back to eat them and poop on our land. That makes them yeah, coffee well, dealers. That makes them dealers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, they're not charging them for it, you know. It's all right as long as they really are free. So I didn't I didn't find any stories on caged kawadis and kawadis are kind of bigger and stuff, so it makes sense to okay. me. So, um, but the cost for their coffee, Mary, is $1,400 for a kilogram, which comes out to $14.04 for a cup of coffee. Holy shit. 
Again, not that good. What what's more expensive? Not Coke that good. or coffee? So it's probably about $60 for an ounce of coffee based on that. Jesus Christ, Yeah. Okay, so the price keeps yeah. going up. Okay. How do you spell Kuwati? E-O-A-T-I. And they're cute. I have tons of pictures of them. They, That's they what I wanted to see. <laughs> they, they roam around South Oh, East. I've uh, seen these at the zoo. I uh, thought they were called Cody's. You yeah, could have been Kauai. picking up their poop all this time. I should be taking coffee beans with me, coffee cherries, and tossing them in the cage? Yeah. It's um, not, a, actually, it's not a cage there. They have, like, a big open area, but yeah. Yeah. They yeah, are I cute. Didn't know that we have them here. I could have, have done that because I know where they roam. We once were surrounded, literally surrounded by a whole group of them because they live in a group. Throw and coffee we at them. watching them from a distance, and then they started walking towards us, and we weren't sure which, which way they were going to go yet, so we just kind of stayed where we were. And some of them went on the right side on the path. Some of them went on the left side. And I'm like, they're surrounding us, friend. And this is bad because there's like 20 of them. And, <laughs> and only two of us. <laughs> but they're they're very <clears throat> docile. That's animals. cute. So they just, they walked past us foraging as they went along. That's in cute. And we had a ton of cool photos. It was, it really was awesome. I so they're also known as Kodamundis. Yep. Yeah, that's what she was so yep. uh, you're you kept saying kawadi. Yeah, kawadi. Different different regions have different names. Right. So yeah. I didn't realize that a kawadi is the same as a kodamundi. Well, yeah, because she gave yeah. them like three okay. different yeah. names. Right. But I didn't I didn't recognize in my head I didn't connect it all. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. 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 One time Brennan was actually out photographing just a single one and it came down the path and again he froze and he was wearing camo and it actually literally came up. He has pictures from his cell phone. It came up to his leg and sniffed him. <laughs> um, yeah, he was a little like, if this thing decides I'm a tree and tries to climb me, this is going to get ugly. But it didn't. It just wandered on its way. Very cool. All right. So from Kawadis or Kota Mondays, we're moving on. Bigger is better. Right. And the, where if I could sing, I would sing. Like I like big, big mugs and I cannot lie. I can't sing it. Black Ivory Coffee. Produced by the Black Ivory Coffee Company with the help of elephants. Yep, elephants. These particular elephants reside in the Golden Triangle Asian Elephant Foundation, which is a refuge in Surin, Thailand. There's about 20 rescued elephants there. And while every elephant is fed its own diet, depending on preference and health, part of their diet is coffee cherries that are brought in from various coffee plantations. Now, medical studies have shown there's no adverse side effect of the elephants consuming the, bear, the berries, which the refuge was worried about before saying yes to this. And they did the studies and said, doesn't hurt them at all. It does take 15 to 70 hours, though, for the elephant to digest and poop out the beans. I am, that's a lot of dung. Though I've seen elephants poop, and they don't poop little teeny tiny piles. No. Nope. You gotta have big gloves for that. Yep, and there's pictures if you Google this particular <clears throat> copy of people going through the poop, so. Um, the elephant's caregivers, the, the people who actually take care of the elephants are the ones who remove the beans from the poop and then they actually send it to a local school where students in their final year are paid to wash and dry the beans that are processed and roasted. 
Now it takes, think about this, it takes 33 kilograms, that's 72 pounds of raw coffee cherries fed to the elephant to just produce one kilogram or two pounds of black ivory coffee. Wow. So yeah, so if you think about- That's a lot of hoop you're going through. Instead of just bean to bean, that's a lot of loss. Now this is because the beans are often crushed when being eaten, they're not gentle eaters. Um, they chew them and they kind of crush them and a lot of the beans are are destroyed and it has to be a whole bean. Right. Now the other thing that happens is because this is a refuge, they are free roaming elephants and while it's easy to find their poop, things like uh, they like to poop when they're in water. If they poop in water, nobody's going in that muck to get the beans out. So they do lose a lot that way too. Right. So there's a lot of loss to it. All right. But... Um, the beans are in the digestive tract so long the fermentation that happens actually breaks down the bitterness from the coffee and the result is a coffee with notes of chocolate and spice as well as a hint of grass and red cherry which lacks bitterness and is more delicate than regular coffee. Delicious. Yes, due to the small quantity produced, there's only, this is the only place that does it, the only company, and he only does about 400 pounds a year. So. If you think about it, that's 400 bags of a pound, 16 ounces. So that's not a lot. Uh, The cost is, uh, well, even more crazy than what we've seen so far. If you buy it directly from the coffee company, they have a website, the cost is $130 for 35 grams. That makes black ivory coffee $38 for one cup. I'm gonna have to pass on that, thank you. I would, I would love to support them because everything I've read sounds good to me. I love elephants. I do. I love elephants. I can't. $38 for a cup of coffee. Okay. So just comes to mind thinking about this. I wonder how many coffee beans get stolen. I wonder how many, how many they steal and make their own coffee. I don't know because according to their website they talk a lot about social responsibility and they said the production of black ivory coffee provides valuable income generation for elephant oh, giving families so they provide for the families as well as the students at the local high school who are washing and drying the coffee the money earned generally tends to support aging parents health expenses school fees food clothing and some of the students are also saving for university now they pay their workers 350 and I'm I don't know it's THB it's Thai bot which is probably their money system right per kilogram of coffee picked 350 per kilogram okay now, so they get picked by the kilogram which or they get paid by the kilogram which which would yes. probably make them not want to steal the coffee beans right because they said they could pick that quantity in about 15 minutes it takes about 15 minutes wow so, 350 for 15 minutes. Now, to provide some perspective, they explain the average coffee worker in Thailand working somewhere else earns seven per kilogram in Thailand. So it's not just 10 times more, it's like 60 times more. Wow. Or 550, sorry, 50 times more. Then they pay that. And then they said in Surin Providence that they earn 200 uh, for seven hours of working to harvest. So what you can earn in 15 minutes is more than what you get for harvesting rice in seven hours. So, so their pay is way more, which 
obviously they're selling their coffee for an extreme okay. amount of money. So one U.S. dollar equals 33 and a half THB. So it comes out to 350 THBs is $10.42 in U.S. And it says that's what they can earn in 15 minutes. That's not too bad. So they're making way more than I do. They're playing with shit. They're play, They're digging through shit, okay? Elephant shit, and it's not little piles. I know. You don't, at least you can say that you might deal with shit, but you're not dealing with big piles of elephant poop. Here's the thing. I don't know is they're working full time. You know, is there right. enough to keep busy, you know, eight hours a day, or is right. it, you know, they only have two hours a day, two hours a day that it takes them to do this job? Right, right. So, but whatever it is, the cost of living there is a lot cheaper. So it seems like they're providing for the workers really well. When I looked at that, I was like, okay, it seems good to me. So it sounds, um, I mean, it does sound good. Yes. And then I looked at, I was like, so who is this Black Ivory Company? Uh, so it was started by a Canadian entrepreneur. So a guy from Canada started this. His name was Blake Dinkin. And uh, he talked about the fact that he had started out in the civet coffee uh, plantations before it got bad. bad. And then once it got bad, he he was like, I'm done. Like, count me out. This is not okay. So he thought about that and thought, if civets do it, there's got to be other animals and there's got a way to humanely do this. And right. he came up with the idea of the elephants in a refuge and he talked about it was really fascinating. He talked about uh, how he came up with Thailand, why he picked Thailand, because there's other elephants in other countries, but he needed, A, the elephants, he needed a place that was good to elephants, and he wanted a place that also had good coffee beans, because if you start out with bad coffee. I don't think it's going to get better. Yeah, so, so right. he's like, I want a good coffee, a good place for elephants, so that's why he picked that. And so okay. it seems like he did a really good. So this is what he had to say in an interview, and this is a quote from him. I'm the only person in the world making this coffee. Most people think it's an easy process. They think it's simple. Feeding the elephant coffee, out it comes, you wash it, you get a great taste of coffee. Well, it took me 10 years to figure out where and how. The process, uh, because if you don't know what you're doing, is important. The coffee will taste exactly like you might think if you do it wrong very elephanty or worse everything is important the beans the food you give the animals with the beans how to clean the beans which herbs to match it with all of those are parts of the process to get it right you can taste a distinctive difference in the black ivory coffee because there is a science behind it as well and the interview went on and on and it was really interesting so anybody who's interested can find it the interview with him like i said it was in the bangkok post um and the one article I read said 8% of the sales is donated to help with the animals. Now, I don't know what his overall sales is, uh, but 8% didn't seem a lot to me. But the elephants are in a sanctuary with or without his help, and he is providing a lot for the people who are working for him. So um, I thought the coffee seemed way too expensive for me, but it seems like if you can afford it, it might be a good thing. Right. Cool. So that was uh, the elephant coffee. Yeah. Now it's time to cut the crap and talk about wild bat geisha coffee. Okay. Holy hot Java Batman. There's wild bat coffee. 
Yes, there is. So hang on to your tights, my Cape Crusaders, and let's find out more. The Artabaeus jamaicensis bat species, and if you're a bat aficionado, and I killed that, so sorry, because yeah, that was a hard one. It lives in the southern part of Costa Rica, where the Coffee Diversa Estate in Bioli is located. The bats fly into the coffee fields and bite into the fruit and suck the juice out. The beans then dry on the plant in the heat and sun, and the enzymes from the bat spit alter the beans and make it smoother and less acidic. The wild bat geisha coffee is known for floral, fruity, and lightly sweet taste. Sea Island Coffee, again, sells it for the cost of 42 and a half pounds for 125 grams, which makes it $4.59 per cup. According to their site, it has soft, delicate profile, a quietly complex aromatics that reward patient attention with notes of lavender, cocoa, and hints of molasses. Lavender? I, that's, I'm, I'm quoting the site. With that's no weird. And, yeah. With no poop and only bat saliva to deal with, this coffee seems downright civilized. <laughs> so, yeah. So, there wasn't a lot on it, but I thought, ah, it's another interesting one. So, yeah. again, we've got some enzymes at work, so. That's cool. So, yeah, and with no poop on that one, you know, you're just dealing with bat spit. No big deal. No big deal. All right, my final coffee for today is Truly Bananas. It is monkey spit coffee. Rhesus monkeys from the Chipmacular, India, and the Formosan rock monkeys in the mountains of Taiwan love to eat the ripe coffee berries. They then spit out the seeds because they have discovered the seeds cause them indigestion. At first, farmers were angry. It wasted crops. They tried to get rid or chase get rid of them or chase them off, but nothing seemed to deter the naughty little mammals. They kept coming back and eating the coffee cherries. Then they realized the monkeys were making their job easier because they removed the fleshy part for them. Now they just needed to collect the seeds and wash them. Because the monkeys are picky, they only eat the best and ripest berries because they spit the seeds out right there in the farm. They're easy to pick up. This is probably why instead of the usual green color, the beans are gray because it's the saliva and the enzymes in the monkey's mouth and then they dry them in the sun. The coffee produced from these beans is said to be a better quality with flavors of chocolate, citrus, nuts, and vanilla and only trace amounts of the bitterness found in regular coffee. Unfortunately, one producer may have no more than 100 pounds a year due to the extremely low quantity available. And it's very scarce and extremely hard to find. I searched online with no luck at all. I could not find any place selling this, but according to a couple articles I read, it ranges from 200 to $320 a pound, wow. which makes a a coffee $4.50 up to $7.20 per cup. It is also said to go well with a nice banana split or some homemade chocolate chimps. Ooh, nice. Yep, yep. So I uh, I, uh, I guess I hope you enjoyed this podcast, listening to it as much as I did doing it because it's been real fun sharing these stories. That's awesome.
It's a lot, a whole lot of new information there, girl. Yes. Some real fun stuff. Some a little sad stuff. Yes, one sad. So don't don't buy civet coffee. If you want yeah. to try one of these coffees, do the elephant coffee. If you're gonna pay that kind of money, black do coffee. Black ivory, all the way. Yeah, do it. Sweet. All right. So, would you drink any of those coffees? Yeah, I actually would. The Kawadi one? Would you drink it knowing they don't wash the bean? Yes, because then they roast, they roast them, and then you brew them, so, yeah. All that crap's gone. All the crap is gone. <laughs> <laughs> it would. It's a crappy job, but somebody's got to do it. That's right. Sweet. That was awesome. I love that. And I bet it was a lot of fun putting that together, too. It was, you know, I love a good pun, so. I, I know you I, do. I was like, oh my gosh. Oh wow, thanks. Okay, um, so thanks to all of our listeners who spent part of their day with us, listen to Lynn's story. I hope you got some information. Um, maybe try something new. Let us, let us know if you try any of these or if you have tried any of these, let us know how you liked them or didn't like them. You can find us on Facebook at Tell Me Something I Didn't Need to Know. You can email us if you feel free to uh, tmsidntk at gmail.com. And we are on Twitter at tmsidntk. If you have any suggestions, ideas, comments you would like to hear on this podcast, feel free to reach out and let us know. If you enjoyed your time with us today, if you haven't, feel free to follow us and leave us a rating and review because that does help. Um, you can find us pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts, obviously. Do we have any final thoughts, ladies? Stay mischievous. We love you guys. Till next week. Bye. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Shrek in the Swamp karaoke dance party. I'm going to take things down a little bit with one of my personal favorites. Don't go changing. To try and please me You've never let me down before mm-hmm. I made it through the wilderness You know I made it through Didn't know how lost I was until I found you Yeah! I like big butts and I cannot lie You other brothers can't deny and when a girl walks in with an itty bitty waist and a round thing in your face, you get feelings. It's fun to stay at the YMCA. It's fun to stay at the YMCA. <laughs> Do you really want to hurt me? Oh! Do you really want to make me cry? Staying alive! Staying alive! Who let the dogs out? Who? 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 The music. Come on, everybody now. Dance to the music. Oh yeah. Dance to the music. All we need is a drummer. For people who only need a beat. Yeah. Break it down, green girl. Thelonious, my man. I'm going at the bottom. So that the dancers just won't hide. Yo, take a shrink. You might like to hear my organ I said right side
You want to watch that nose, man? <laughs> <laughs>